0: Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. I love in Philippians chapter 1, verse 28, the amplified translation. Listen, Philippians, where was this letter written from? Paul was in prison. One of the darkest, hopeless A a place of utter—I've lost it all. A man who would be there by his own guilt would have the sense of I've lost it all. There's no, there's no future. The future's not bright. Hopelessness. And what does Paul say from this place? And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. Listen, you know this, evil spirits are so prevalent in places of prisons and things like that. It's dark, it's depressing. You know, you know, you know it would be so thick you could cut it with a knife in a, in a place like that. Paul's sitting in that place and he says, not for a moment, not for a moment, not for a moment, not, a moment. not me not for a moment, that depression's not on me, that heaviness is not on me, that hopelessness is not, not for a moment. I so appreciate the wording, not for a moment. We know this, that the Bible speaks of the enemy that will launch fiery darts. What are fiery darts? They are attacks that hit with force. And violence. Some some attacks that the devil sends are subtle, and they're deceptive in the way they work. But some strike with force. And when they strike with force, it only takes a moment to feel that force. And you know what? You've got a moment. You not even for a moment. No matter how forceful that fiery dart may feel, don't you for a moment be afraid. Quench that thing. Put it out with the water of the word. Amen. So why? Because there are evil spirits around you watching. They're looking for an opportunity for you to lay down your authority. They're looking for the opportunity for you to back up in fear. They're looking for you to not be consistent. Can I tell you what ruins a home more than anything? Inconsistency. Not walking in the word consistently, not not enforcing the authority as a parent consistently. That's one of the things that my mother did so skillfully. She was the same every day when it came to parenting. You didn't have to ask her next week if anything had changed about her. <laughs> If she gave an answer, that was her answer. She was consistent every time the kids, and there were four of us, every time we got out of place, she was right there to put us back in. She was never too tired to do her parental duty. If we get too tired in this life of faith, the devil will have an opportunity to get in. Amen. And we have to be constant. We have to be persistent. And there have been times, all of us have done it, we've, we've, we've sat back too, too long. We've laid things down too long. We've let things slip. But no, we're, gonna, we're going to be mindful. No, 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 we can't do that. Why? Because the enemy's looking. He's present and he's looking. He's not present because he's winning. He's present because he's looking for to regain what he already lost. Amen. But God, as 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 Psalms twenty-three verse five said, God's prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. We're not impressed with our enemies, Amen. We're impressed with what God has provided for us—the feast that we can still partake of right in the middle of the enemy's presence, Amen. Just because the enemy, sh- just because the enemy showed up, your joy shouldn't leave. Just because circumstances became aggressive, circumstances became threatening, that doesn't mean your peace had to leave with it. The table is still there. What God has provided on the inside of you and what he's provided in his word, it's still there. there. The devil is looking for someone to be casual toward their authority. Amen. But Paul says, "Do not for a moment." Now, listen. If this man's sitting in this prison, he doesn't know when he's getting out. He knows he's there innocently. But if he's sitting in this dark place, can say for for a moment. Now, see, he he would have the threat of possibly abuse. He would have the threat of other prisoners maybe attacking. He would have the threat of being mishandled. All these kinds of things. All this would, would as I could say, be a cloud over his head, but not to him. Not to him. Do not for a moment. You know, some people go through seasons of depression. No such thing as seasons for someone who understands this. Yes, it'll come, but it won't last more than a moment in my life. Yes, it'll show up. Listen, when my husband went home to be with the Lord unexpectedly, I could have gotten depressed. Uh I could have gone into grief, but I decided if I give it a moment, it won't stay with a moment. It'll take a minute. It'll take an hour. It'll take a day. It'll take a week. It'll take a month. It'll take take your life if you let it. Uh Because what the enemy has is never satisfied with a moment. Uh That's why we can't give him a moment. Not even a moment of worry. No. Not even a moment of gossip. Right. Yes. Not even a moment of unforgiveness. Amen. Not even a moment of, of bitterness. Because it won't stay in the moment. It will, it will bleed into every other minute of your life. Yes. Amen. And I so appreciate Paul saying this. M- meaning this is possible. It's possible to never for a moment... We wouldn't be instructed in the word to do something that wasn't possible. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's true. Do not for a moment be frightened. So many people are raised in a home full of fear, and because it be, was the way of their home, they didn't recognize it as fear, they just thought it was their household. I guarantee you the, the, the greatest thing you are going to have to win in the fight of standing your ground against fear is recognizing fear. Yes. Most don't recognize it. They don't recognize that that's, that has to do with why they raise their children the way they do or how, why they handle their finances the way they do. They're afraid. Yeah. Do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. I'm so glad he said by in anything. Why? Because sometimes the devil can just launch an attack at you, but sometimes you're in difficulty because of something you did. Yeah. You disobeyed. You knew better. You did something you weren't supposed to do. And the devil will try to, to dupe you into thinking that you have to accept a life of defeat because you missed it. If you'll repent, I said, if you'll repent, judge yourself, call yourself wrong. Mercy will meet you. I said, mercy will meet you. And then you don't have to in anything be frightened, terrified. Amen. Do not for a moment be frightened or in, intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. For such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof and seal to them of their impending destruction. But a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. Refusing to be terrified means this. You know that salvation is yours. Yeah. I'm coming out on top. Yes. Devil, you mess with me and I'll come out with double. Amen. That's exactly what happens to those who will not be afraid. Amen. Now we know this, uh, Job brought some things on himself. Just because you read it in the book of Job doesn't mean it's what God said, it's what Job said. Yes. He made statements like God giveth and God taketh away. That's not what God said, that's what Job said. Job misunderstood some things because under the old Testament, they had no revelation of the devil. They didn't, they had no revelation that there was an enemy working against them. That why, why didn't God give them that regu- revelation? Cause they didn't have authority like we do. Amen. And so there are things written in Job and he would, it, it, it talked about in Job that the thing he feared came on him. Now, isn't he the one that opened the door to the devil? Why? The devil was observing him. When he observed him in fear, then he could bring what he feared to pass. But notice this, even though Job is the one that opened the door, when he judged himself, when he got that corrected, when he got it turned around, he ended up with double. Amen. Even if you've made a misstep, If you'll not leave the word, if you'll not give up and back off your authority and back off faith, God will so turn it. You'll come out with double. Amen. But if you get into fear, if you get into fear, he can't rescue and help the same way because fear will keep you from receiving the help he gives. It's not that God doesn't try to help. It's just that fear can't receive the help. Amen. So whenever you get up in the morning, do not it matters what this face looks like. It matters what your attitude is. If you wake up cranky, moody, hard to live with, bad mood, You, you need to go spend some time with Jesus and get it all sweet again because there's devils watching and they love when you wake up with less than victory in your mouth and less than victory on your face. But Paul says, when you, wake, when you show on your countenance, no fear. It's a sign to them, you're going down. <laughs> they've already gone down when Jesus defeated them, but they need to go down in the circumstance they've attacked you with. And refusing to be terrified is a sign of your salvation, meaning I win. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you rejoice, I don't care what you feel like. If you'll wake up rejoicing, God inhabits the praises of his people. In the New Testament, God inhabits his people. Absolutely. But God inhabited people should give out praise that God can inhabit. So if you'll wake up rejoicing, even when you don't know what to do with your situation, with the circumstances surrounding, if you'll wake up rejoicing, at least you don't give the devils that are watching you an opportunity of entrance. But you know something, the greater ones on the inside of you. It doesn't matter who's watching you. The greater one is on the inside of you. And if you will start rejoicing, the greater one in you will give you an opportunity. He'll give you the opportunity Amen. Hallelujah. Rejoicing shows what you know, not what you see. When people don't rejoice, it's because they don't know something. Amen. People think they're not, they'll rejoice if they saw the right thing. But it's not about what you see. It's about what you know. Because when you know, you don't have to wait to see before you Come on. rejoice. Come on. And I've seen this in my fights or the, the, fi- the good fight of faith. Why is it a good fight? Because we know the outcome, we win. It's a good fight. Uh, whenever I've been standing for something and the answer showed up, I, if I could say it this way respectfully so that you understand what I'm saying, it was a bit anticlimactic. When the answer showed up, because I had already so settled it in me that victory was mine, that it was, well, of course it's got to show up. That the real thrill was settling it. When I settled it, I mean, like Paul and Silas, why did not they not run out of that jail when that earthquake came and shook the prison doors open? Why didn't they get up and run out? Because they had already exited. They exited before the doors opened. So whether the doors open or not was just mere technicality to them. That's because they were rejoicing based on what they knew and not based on what they saw. Because if it was you and me, brother, those doors flung open, most of us would be out there on the other side. But they didn't. They stayed in there. Why? Because it wasn't about doors. Nothing, right. locks you know Nothing locks them in when you know something. Nothing locks you in when you know something. Nothing locks you in when you know the right thing. That Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. We've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his dear son. When you know that in here, and not just know it in church, yeah. Come on. Yeah. not just know it in a service, not just know it in your journal, yeah. Yeah. but you know it in here you know it in here. You walk around with a smile all the time. You just, you just, you're just on top all the time. All the time. Not because circumstances put you there, but because knowing the word puts you there. Hallelujah. Can I say this? Any Christian who is in bondage is not in bondage to the devil. They are in bondage to an unrenewed mind they don't know what they need to know. Because if the devil could put you in bondage, every Christian would be in bondage. And every Christian's not in bondage. Amen. Hallelujah. Satan has been defeated, and we've been delivered. And therefore, defeat doesn't come from him. It comes from wrong thinking. Right. Right. I'm going to say that again. Satan has been defeated. Jesus spoiled him, reduced him to nothing. And we have been delivered from his kingdom, from his authority. He's not lording it over us anymore. When he shows up, we say, no, we, no, you don't. Not in my life, no more. So when defeat when defeat shows up, it doesn't show up because he wins. It shows up because we're not thinking right. When you're thinking right, you don't let him in. When you're thinking right, you don't put up with what you used to put up with. Hallelujah. There was a, uh, a, a businessman who was a billionaire and several decades ago, he seemingly lost all of his money. The economy change came and it just really meant financial devastation for him. But because he knew that economic world, and that financial world, he knew how to gain the advantage. He knew how to take what was a loss on paper and turn it around. And it took him a while, but he turned it around. He had to go meet with bankers, he had to go meet with lawyers, he had to go meet with heads of companies. Why? So that they would not shut down and close the door on him. And so he got it, eventually he got it all back and as a multi-billionaire today I mean, he's got more than he ever had now, but this is what he said at the midst of that. He said, after he had gotten it all back, he was doing a, an instructional thing to students, a class. And he said, in the midst of all of that, which looked like I'd lost everything. He said, this was the key. Never let them see you sweat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's what Paul said. Yeah. So Paul said, That's what it means, not for a moment intimidated, never let the devil see you sweat. If he sees you sweat, he knows you think wrong. If he sees you afraid, he knows, he knows he's got an open door. Because this billionaire that was in the seat of losing it all would walk in confidently, into the office of bankers and say, let me tell you what we're going to do about this. And that's exactly how he approached them. This is what we're going to do. I owe you so much. You have to dance to my tune now. (laughs) And he said, that's what I waited. He said, I had lost some millions. He says, I needed to lose more so that they would listen to me. That it would hurt if they didn't listen to me. (laughs) Well, see, he knew the financial economic world. That there's a whole, uh, there's a whole mindset of knowledge that how that, how that works. Well, he knew that and he knew I'll go in there looking like I'm losing more than I've ever lost. And I'll tell him now you've got to bail me out because if I lose, you lose. But what if he'd walking in there crying, falling apart, fumbling, they would have never, he, they, he would have never shown the confidence needed for them to help him out. We've got more than we've got more than money behind us. We've got more than a financial economy behind us. We have the greater one on the inside of us. How wrong it is for us to face a circumstance and look like we're fumbling. Look like we're failing. Look like we're under it. It's wrong. It's wrong. It shows we don't know what we need to know. But can I tell you this? That's why we had the great intercessor yes. called Jesus. You know what? He's up there interceding for us till we come into renewed mind. Uh-huh. I uh, Here I was, a denominational gal, married my husband. He had been in the ministry almost 20 years at that point, And he had a leading voice. So see, there was 20 years difference between us. I was, I was uh, behind him desperately in my spiritual development. But when I married him, the devil didn't care. Now we're one. So I got attacked at his level, not at my level. The intercessor helped me because I didn't know some things. And it wasn't through lack of effort or lack of diligence. It was through just, you can't rush growth. You can't rush growth. And so in the process of growing, we have an intercessor there to cover for us. But one night I was... We'd only been married about two weeks and Satan appeared to me five times one night. Now you think that that'll set a denominational girl straight. And the fifth time he appeared to me that night and threatening my life. And the fifth time he appeared, all of a sudden, uh, my brother's face came nose to nose in between me and Satan and said, intercession has been made. It's broken. Who made it? Jesus made it. He's the great intercessor. Why did he use my brother's face as a sign? He seeks closer than a brother. That's yeah. what the word says, yeah. you see, yeah. and it was broken. I woke up. He said, intercession has been made. It's broken. And that was gone out of the, out of the room. Peace was back. What was it? Because I was a spiritual baby and didn't know the intercessor was able to step in Amen. and he was able to intercede for me and fill in the gaps of what I didn't know. Praise the Lord. Dad Hagen talked about his sister who went home to be with the Lord. The first time she got cancer, he was able to pray her out. But the second time cancer came, he said, I couldn't because she didn't take that time of the five years from her first healing to the second attack. She did not take her time, that time to develop her spirit, develop her faith in the word. So see, God can't, God can help as far as he can. But when people are going, are going to shun their, their, their part we're not earning it. Jesus paid the price, but there is a part to growing and feeding our faith. And if we're going to just sit back and remain spiritual babies on purpose, remain carnal on purpose with no interest in the word, with no interest in growing up spiritually, then uh, we're going to have to, we're going to have some difficulties come that we could have avoided. Amen. But while there are legitimate spiritual babies and those who are developing, listen, as long as you're just hungry and reaching and, and, and letting God know I'm, I'm hungry, I'm reaching for more. Amen. He can cover for what you don't know, but that doesn't mean stay in the seat of not knowing. Amen. Just know this, you have an intercessor. Amen. And the devil will try to frighten you with what you don't know. Don't be concerned about what you don't know. He'll make up the difference. God will make up the difference. Jesus will make up the difference. Just do what you do know. And he'll bring you into the light of what you need to know. Praise the Lord. I love what one woman who she was a prayer. She had so much fruit that came out of her prayer life. And people will say, well, there are certain people called to prayer. No, there's not people called to prayer like they're called to a five-fold ministry office. Everyone is to pray. There's not somebody that's more anointed to pray than someone else. It's just somebody gave themselves more to it. And so they they became more skillful in it. And this woman, she became so skillful and bore so much fruit in her prayer life. And this is what she said regarding Christians when they face difficulties and they face oppositions. She said this, people just quit too soon. They start standing their ground. They use their authority. But if they don't see something change, they just lay down their authority and give up. And see, this is what we can't do. Amen. If the devil is stubborn, you be stubborn. If he seems to just keep going, you keep going. Amen. Because you can outlast him. Because Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, be not weary. For in due season, we will reap. We will reap if we faint not. Faint means ceasing to believe and resist. If we don't cease to believe or cease to resist, we will reap if we faint not. Or it means to become less earnest and persistent. How many times we have been guilty of that? We haven't been as earnest as we should. We haven't been as persistent as we should. But if we'll just keep being earnest and persistent and holding fast, no, I've been delivered from this. No, God has already defeated. Jesus defeated Satan. This does not belong to me. And we stick with our victory every day. Just stick with it every day. Just stick with it. Amen. Amen. You will see yourself get on the other side of that in, a, in victory. Amen. Amen. There was this one woman who she was in one of uh, brother or Roberts' services, completely blind her whole life. He laid hands on her. Her eyesight came back, but within just a few days it started leaving again. And she got up and she'd say every day, thank God I'm healed. Thank God my eyes are healed. She did not lay down to that counterattack. She said, thank God I'm healed. And after three weeks, her eyes popped back open. Why? Because we win. We win. If we'll stick with it, we win. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do not be afraid. Do not be intimidated. Do not be frightened in anything because it's a token that you win. Amen. Hallelujah.